Welcome to PC Brace 2019. I'm Bonnie Jean Curris from Teddy Bear CAC. And June is PTSD month. And today we're talking to Jessica Holton. That's right. I'm Melinda Sampson, Community Outreach Coordinator for NC Stock, Stock Human Trafficking. And we're super excited to have Jessica here. And maybe she could tell us a little bit about what she does. Well, great. As you've already heard, I'm Jessica Holton. I am a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical addiction specialist. I am currently in private practice here in Greenville, North Carolina, and this makes my 10th year, I believe, that I've been doing that. I primarily specialize in uh, treating PTSD and other stress-related disorders, anxiety disorders, uh, grief-related dis um, grief signs and symptoms, excuse me, as well as addictions, and um, typically work with adults, but we'll see some mature adolescents. Well, that's great. Then you just fed into our first question, because we really wanted to clarify for people. Um, most of the time when they hear PTSD, they think about veterans, but veterans aren't the only people who get PTSD. Can you kind of give us a, a rundown as to what is PTSD, who gets it, and why? Great, that's a great point. So uh, we know that uh, anytime we experience extraordinary uh, experiences that often are traumatic in nature, our brain has really, really normal responses that help us to basically survive. The hope is, is that our brain goes back into normal and into homeostasis, but that's not always the case. And when that's not the case, if those um, reactions last longer than a month, that's where folks could meet the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. So that could be a car accident, it could be a natural disaster, um, living in a violent environment, witnessing domestic violence, experiencing domestic violence, basically anything that you feel as though you're going to be harmed, you see someone else being harmed, um, sexual violation, uh, sudden death, and basically as clinicians we have to look at what's your body, um, your body, your mind, your emotional response, and what's the duration and frequency of those responses. So it's not just veterans, it could be really anybody. What types of responses are you talking about? What does it look mm -hmm. like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Sure. So the, the one of the criteria that we look at is kind of those reoccurring symptoms. So whether it's um, the, the one of the more tormenting symptoms are the, the memories, the flashbacks that you just really can't control. And I like to frame it as though it's a DVD that's scratched and you're just seeing the same scene over and over again. Uh, oftentimes having a physical response, an emotional response when you're triggered, whether by your own thoughts or external thoughts or external triggers. Um, avoidance is actually a huge symptom of PTSD where uh, we don't want to think about the, the experience, remember it, we'll in fact do anything we can to avoid it. Uh, and that's internally or externally kind of a sidebar. That's why substance use and other behavioral addictions usually go hand in hand with trauma because the brain is naturally wanting to avoid to find relief, to not re-experience those memories and those sensations. And then we also have changes in mood and thought to where um, high levels of shame, horror, guilt, fear. Uh, folks that are afraid to go into Walmart, although their trauma didn't happen in Walmart, it's mm -hmm. um, partly because of just the, the brain, again, trying to keep us alive and keep us safe, but over-responding to threats and perceived threats. Um, isolation, loss of interest or participation in significant activities. Many people get misdiagnosed with depressive um, disorders or even bipolar disorders, and it's actually post-traumatic stress disorder, mainly because of that particular section of change in mood and thought, um, feeling alone, feeling like no one understands you, 
And then also uh, the, that arousal and reactivity, uh, hypervigilance to where um, you don't want your back to a door, you wanna see who's coming and going, uh, just not really being able to settle down, anger responses that kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, a lot of folks will come in for that. Uh, sleep disturbances, so not really being able to sleep well. And then also in that criteria uh, could be that uh, the startle response, an exaggerated startle response where folks are just constantly feeling on edge. So it's their body's normal response to trying to keep them alive to a, a life-threatening event. But again, it's been prolonged. That threat's no longer there, but the brain's responding as though it is. Mm -hmm. With the brain being fairly... Um malleable mm -hmm. that you can actually kind of work through this and fix this with people? Oh, absolutely. So that's um, that's one of the most rewarding things of the work that I do, especially as I'm hearing some of the really, really difficult things that folks have been through is post-traumatic stress disorder, from my experience, is one of the more treatable disorders. Uh, basically, as folks are learning, one, that they have post-traumatic stress disorder and maybe not major depressive disorder, so they can start treating the right symptoms and then also learning what I like to do, I explain the neuroscience of uh, trauma, trauma responses, and then the coping skills that go along with it. So as we start using coping skills that are specific to helping the brain calm down and really orienting to here and now, that what's actually happening versus what happened, what's actually happened versus what possibly maybe could happen, it's amazing to see how quickly folks get better. And it's my understanding that after about a year, year and a half, that brain will be back to um, looking as though th there wasn't a trauma that ever occurred. So it's going from being really, really reactive and in that fight or flight or maybe even shut down to going back to what would be homeostasis or that social engagement um, that we'd like to see. Mm -hmm. All this. Can you tell me why um, people with PTSD are misdiagnosed with depressive disorders for just a second? Because oh, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so this is one of my soapboxes that I will not get on today. Um, but one of them is I think that the diagnosis is not long enough. So all of us should be doing a psychosocial diagnosis, psychosocial um, spiritual uh, assessment rather. And so in my practice, for instance, I ask folks to set aside three hours of their time. And so really about two and a half hours, I'm going through their entire history. With the DSM-4, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, I always stumble on that, um, the, uh, and we're in our fifth edition, we're always needing to look at dur duration, um, how long is it lasting, how often is it lasting, because for instance, loss of interest, um, difficulty concentrating, anger outbursts, sleep difficulties, uh, could be part of major depressive disorder, bipolar disorders, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, and, um, and, and ADHD to name a few. So unfortunately, if folks are not not getting that thorough assessment and we're not asking what happened before these symptoms started, then it's very easy to get diagnosed with major depressive disorder. The other thing to keep in mind if we think of Dr. Porges's, Dr. Porges's polyvagal theory is that when we go into fight or flight, that's a really, really normal response. But as we continue to get activated, um, some of us, if not all of us, out of self-preservation will go into to shut down, collapse, immobilization with fear, which is hopelessness, um, depressive symptoms, uh, just that that shut down feeling. And it's basically when we are physically, literally trapped or emotionally trapped. And so if you go into your psychiatrist or your primary care doctor and say, I'm not sleeping very well, I'm irritable, 
um, I'm not doing the things I used to enjoy doing anymore, then it's very easy just on the surface level to say, oh, you must have major depressive disorder versus asking those deeper questions. And do you find that adults who have undergone a childhood traumas um, suffer from PTSD as adults? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> so I very rarely have someone come in to me to say, hey, I think I may have PTSD and I need some help with that. They're coming in for addiction issues, whether chemical or process addiction. Uh, they're coming in because they feel depressed. They're not able to leave their home, maybe even feeling like they're agoraphobic as they're self-diagnosing. And as we go through the assessment, oftentimes it is a childhood trauma or a, a really tragic death that happened in the family decades ago maybe or you know 15 years ago and they didn't realize that it could still be impacting them today so it's, it's I almost like to say it's it's as though um, there's a pause button that happens and um, the ability to kind of cope and move forward gets put on hold for those with uh, PTSD now not everybody who experiences trauma do end up with a diagnosis of PTSD if they um, have a pretty good support system if they have healthy coping skills if they've had pretty good experiences throughout their life, um, positive experiences, then they could go through something that their neighbor went through and not experience PTSD symptoms, but their neighbor in fact does. So um, absolutely childhood trauma tends to be one of the, the more um, prevalent reasons I think why folks in adulthood are getting diagnosed with PTSD. Which is really all about that the Adverse Childhood Experiences study that we've been talking about, the ACEs study, and we've been working together with a group, um, the, the BRACE group here in Pitt County, um, talking specifically about that and what types of resources that we are trying to make sure we all know about and find um, throughout uh, Pitt County to help people and support people. And, and before we started today, we kind of talked about what are some of the resources that are available. So, so sometimes that's tricky. So if you have, for individuals who do have health insurance, they could contact their health care uh, insurance provider or their, their plan rather and see you know, who are the individuals in the area because our, clinicians should list what their specialties are. Uh, for folks who are maybe underinsured or uninsured, ECU, several of their programs actually have some services available. So I know the Marriage and Family Therapy Clinic, they recently received a grant to treat um, trauma. Uh, I want to say that ECU also has a clinic called Navigate that they will, ex uh, it's my understanding, you would need to call to check, but they'll accept folks uh, who are uninsured or under insured or folks with insurance and then I think I recently saw too that the psychology department here at ECU um, has a clinic as well uh, then you know there certainly word of mouth Google searches uh, psychology today there's you know lots of different ways to find it but I would definitely say that that most important part is doing a really really thorough assessment at the very beginning um, and you know if you're if whoever you're meeting with doesn't do that I think as the individual it's okay to ask hey you know I'm just wondering you know or, or if you have had a trauma experience and you're not asked about it tell your clinician tell your doctor because I think we do need a better need to do a better job in the healthcare industry overall of asking but what happened before these symptoms what was going on in your life before you started experiencing these um, difficult experience these difficult signs or symptoms yeah not what's wrong with you mm -hmm, but what right. happened to mm -hmm. you that's right. something that we've been focusing mm -hmm. a lot on in terms of making sure that we consider that question 
overall. Absolutely. You know, I, we really appreciate you coming in today to talk to us about this. Um, you know, it's not really a month to celebrate. It's a month for education and getting people to understand what's going on. Um, we didn't talk about this before the break, but I was wondering if I could put you on the spot. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the, the techniques that you do mm -hmm. are long-range, long-term practices. Mm -hmm. But are there some types of grounding techniques or rapid resets that you do with folks that maybe you could do one with us before we go on to our announcements and say goodbye for the day? Um, sure. So I, I do have a sequence that I created. I don't know if you're interested. Absolutely. In that so, all right. So then, so so I'll just go through it, uh, and and certainly you guys could kind of think of it on your own. But for the sake of ease and for the sake of explaining it, um, I created this danger sequence based on the neuroscience of trauma and trauma responses and coping skills that could help. So the main thing to keep in mind with PTSD stress-related disorders, even anxiety disorders, is our survival part of our brain is in overdrive. Um, the thinking, organizing, kind of distinguishing part of our brain um, is not really online. So the very first thing that you would do is name the stressor. So it could be a stressor that's triggering your trauma, or it could be a, just a, a stressor like traffic and supposing that doesn't trigger your trauma. So let's say the trigger is um, smelling a particular cologne that in fact does trigger your trauma. So you would say it, the stressor is I'm smelling this cologne and I'm getting really, really um, agitated. So the very next step is, is you ask yourself, are you in danger? And 95 to 99% of the time, most of us are not in danger. Um, emergency responders, perhaps average person, not necessarily. So the answer is no. The brain's going to have a really, really hard time of saying no, though, because it wants to keep you alive. So, but maybe possibly what if I'm smelling this thing and I am about to die? Or remember when that thing happened and I really got hurt? But the answer is no. And so that's making the brain, that limbic system, that survival part of the brain say, huh, what's going on there? And starting to pull in the frontal lobe a little bit. So the very next question is, are past traumas being triggered? So whether you want to uh, compare that to real saber-toothed tiger, so to speak, that happened in your past or really, really deep wounds um, that happened, and then that's where you compare, um, compare and contrast. So what year is it now? What year was it then? Um, where am I sitting now? Where was I sitting then? Key players now, key players then. Um, time of year now, time of year then. So four or five comparisons. What's really groovy about that is that also addresses the, the, that avoidance, that main, one of the, the more difficult um, criteria of PTSD to, to address because the brain doesn't want to think about it, right? So you compare four or five things to help your brain realize, wait, Maybe it's not happening right now. Then the next question are, are negative life events being triggered. So those are more like mutated saber-toothed tigers that look scary but really aren't going to hurt you or deep bruises, whatever visual works for you. And then same thing, you compare and contrast. Okay, well, what, what, what am I doing now? What was happening then? Who's here now? Who was there then? And so on. And then you come back up to the stressor of, oh, wow, someone has this cologne on that really triggered me. Okay, what can I do about it? And by then your frontal lobes pulled on so you're able to uh, maybe move to the other side of the room or, or excuse yourself um, versus going into a panic attack. So that danger sequence I have my clients do even when they don't need it. So hopefully it becomes that new familiar coping skill when they in, um, particularly do need it. 
think that's a great set of strategies already. Absolutely. Great place to start. Great mm -hmm. place to start. So we really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, we got our free counseling for today. Yeah, um, thank did. you. Thank you so much. We so Sometimes we need it. Um, you know, got to help the helpers, you know. Yeah, that's the other piece, um, you know, and that's a, another episode for another day in terms of uh, secondary trauma yeah. and secondary uh, stress and, and toxic stress. Which if I could interject on Go that. Go right so ahead. Secondary yeah. trauma is a nice fluffy way of calling it PTSD. So the DSM-5, actually the um, fourth criteria for that very, very first section, section A says basically people who have experienced repeated um, adverse details or, um, you know, difficult experiences. So primarily those of us that work in traumatic, um, potentially traumatic areas. So whether it's emergency responders, radiologists looking at scans and seeing cancers in children. Um, but that's, I think, secondary trauma, in my opinion, the way that I read the criteria is actually PTSD. But as professionals, we don't want to necessarily admit that maybe we could have PTSD from the work that we do of helping others. So just a little plug on self-care there too. Absolutely. And you know, we're all about self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, we do a lot of different things. Um, we have our uh, Chew and Chat book club that meets once a month mm -hmm. um, or every other month now mm -hmm. um, regarding those types of issues, reading those types of issues, um, talking about those types of issues. Um, the Trauma Stewardship book club that we did um, not too long ago. I love that book. That was, that that was, was an amazing book. That was just yes. amazing. There's a new um, book club um, book coming out that, that the announcement's coming out. It's called My Grandmother's Hands. Miss um, Kia Glasson will be sending the email out regarding that, and we will be meeting August 9th at noon to talk about My Grandmother's Hands, which is about um, racial biases and uh, really having that kind of conversation, digging a little bit deeper in terms of um, understanding where people are coming from. Um, and we'll also meet again August 10th at the Great Harvest Bread Company um, at 9.30 to have the same discussion, a repeat, so um, because it's that important. Uh, and I would say that for our last book that, we're, that we read, which I'm, I'm still finishing up, but Lost Connections, it really does speak to Melinda's question about, well, you know, but what is the difference or why are there misdiagnoses? So the author actually does a great job of talking about why are so many people um, feeling and reporting so much depression and anxiety, and he actually does have a chapter on adverse childhood experiences, but that book actually goes into more detail as to why folks are so easily diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but may maybe not looking at other social, um, environmental, uh, physical, and of course, uh, psychological reasons why that might be the case. Yeah, there's a lot of information mm -hmm. out there and we're finding more and more and working with the um, BRACE uh, collaboration, uh, Building Resiliency and Courage mm -hmm. to Excel group here in Pitt County, um, which is meeting tomorrow, by the way, That's right. um, at, uh, St. Saint, Saint Saint Timothy's, Timothy's. <laughs> at 6 o'clock, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've got um, that, we're going to be discussing about where we're going, what our goals are, mm -hmm. um, and how we can incorporate um, continuing helping with the reconnect and resiliency, mm -hmm. um, teaching people and educating people, and just getting people out there to understand the adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. and the fact that having a an adult buffer mm -hmm. um, is really key, and uh, the support um, and the support of the community. And that buffer is so, so important for kids, you know? Mm -hmm. If that one person that they can trust and talk to and, 
and they can really bounce back a little bit better. That's right. That's and that mindfulness being a buffer too. So again, you know, helping the brain realize what's actually happening versus what happened, mm -hmm. right? And of course, depending on age, some people are going to be able to do that without as much help. But you know, if, 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 could, if you could you imagine if we helped every kid learn about mindfulness? And I know some schools are already starting to do do this. Some countries are doing that. But just what happened versus what's what's happening right now. So yeah, that buffering adult mindfulness, nutrition, you know, all those important things. Everything. <laughs> Everything's well-rounded. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking with us today. We do have a couple of announcements before we, we close out. Why don't, you, why don't you hit your announcement list there, girlfriend? Let me take a look. Let All me right. take a gander. Okay, so um, NC Stop Human Trafficking's got a Human Trafficking 101 program July 25th at 6 p.m. at Shepherd Memorial Library Meeting Room A. Oh, funnily enough, we are also ah. meeting July 23rd for the Stewards of Children Public Training at 6 p.m. July 23rd, I'm going to say that again, at 6 p.m. Shepherd Memorial Library Meeting Room A. We keep it hopping in Meeting Room A, I'll tell you that, because guess what? PCAT, the Pitt County Coalition Against Human Trafficking, meets every third Thursday at 9.30 a.m. at Shepherd Memorial Library in Meeting Room, Room A. a. <laughs> of course. Hey, we also do want to mention, um, just for the rest of this week till June 30th, um, you have an opportunity to order Bready Bears from Great Harvest Bread Company until June 30th. Um, $4 from every bear purchase. Every And they're adorable they're and they really, are tasty. Really oh my gosh. Um, $4 from um, those purchases goes to DSS foster care children and families um, to support that program. We have all sorts of different agencies working and making the Bready Bears. We had the Sheriff's Department, we had DSS, we had Teddy Bear, we had um, the Police Department, Greenville Police Department, all making these bears with the um, help of the fabulous bakers at uh, Great Harvest Bread Company. And we want to make sure that we say thank you to them for supporting um, Greenville um, Pitt County. And I would suggest if you get a Bready Bear, I will be getting a Bready Bear, but if you get a Bready Bear, take a picture with your Bready Bear and tag all these agencies in it and give a big thank you to Great Harvest Bread Company. That would be amazing. I want to see what you guys are doing out there. I love that idea. We can't wait to see them come in. And with that, we're going to say see you later and have a great day. Um, we'll meet again July 10th. That's for right. Max Sutton coming in to talk about uh, taking care of parents. That's right. Thanks, Thanks. so much.